You're listening to the Mormon Artist Podcast, a podcast covering the world of Mormon arts and examining the intersection between faith and creativity. For more Mormon arts news and interviews, please visit mormonartist.net. Welcome to the Mormon Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Morris. Today we have joining us Nicole Wilkes-Goldberg. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Nicole is uh, one of the co-editors of the Mormon Lit Blitz, which she co-edits with her husband, James Goldberg. And the um, deadline for the Mormon Lit Blitz is coming up May 1st. And so um, we wanted to talk a little bit about that with Nicole. So, Nicole, tell us a little bit about the history of the Mormon Lit Blitz. Well, it's actually kind of funny. Um, It started with an online conversation between my husband, James Goldberg, and Scott Hales. And James's question was, can literature become viral? Mm -hmm. He'd, He'd had a post on one of his blogs that went viral, and there was just this, this sense like, why why do we read, you know, newspaper, well, news articles or blog posts or those kinds of things, but can we make literature go viral? And so he and, and Scott started having these different conversations and different ways of, you know, going about it, and they decided um, to explore what it would be like to have short fiction available for a Mormon audience and see if, you know, are people going to share this? Are people going to get into it? And it was actually really fun that first year because some of the pieces did go viral and people really connected and felt like, you know, this is, this is something different and people are doing a lot of interesting work. And by publishing it online, and we um, that first year you can find on the Mormon Artist blog, the subsequent contests are on lit.mormonartist.net. And we've, we've really been able to connect with a lot of people in ways that, that you wouldn't have thought, and um, pieces that maybe wouldn't have gotten the kind of exposure that, you know, being published in... A literary journal or something like Dialogue or Irianthem mm-hmm. when that was still around, had, they've, they've really gotten a solid audience. And so the Lit Blitz has been a lot of fun in that way to be able to make literature viral, which is something that, you know, is kind of a dream for every every lover of literature to have thousands of views. Mm-hmm. So. So that was four years ago was the first one? That was, well, it was three years ago. So this is our fourth annual Mormon Lit Blitz. Okay. Um, so that was the first one is 2012. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what were some of the pieces that went viral? 
Um, well, one of one of the most popular pieces was actually it wasn't a finalist, um, but it was the first piece. And the reason that we figured it became so popular is because it's such a key Mormon piece. And I talk, I actually read it at the AML conference, mm-hmm. but it's called In Bulk, and um, it starts out by, it's tempting to begin aggressively. And we thought, this is such a great opening for a contest centered on Mormon literature. And the, the whole piece talks about, you know, living abundantly and kind of dispelling the myth that nobody needs, you know, this these Costco-sized bags of flour and mayonnaise and all those dozens of eggs and that kind of thing. Um, and and people really connected with that. Now, the piece that won actually was called Stillborn by Mary Jane Rice. And um, her first two lit blitzes, the winners, the finalists were all female, and the winners were both um, poets. And so they, so poetry pieces. Um, really took off those those first two contests, and people just really felt connected to Mary Jane's piece and later to um, Emily Harris Adams' piece because of the the really lovely turns in you know how you deal with loss and motherhood and and just being really just being human and trying to figure out your place. And that's what both of those um, winning pieces for the first two years dealt with. And they were beautiful pieces. I I feel really proud to have been able to be a part of that because, I mean, I've had friends who have lost children or who have had these other um, struggles. And I know a good friend of mine who had a stillborn child when I shared the poem stillborn with her she was so grateful mm-hmm. and just really touched by what Mary Jane had to say and I think it's just so much easier and and not that you know being touched needs to be convenient but it was so much easier to just send the link to the contest and say I thought maybe you would appreciate this mm-hmm. rather than you know, going and printing it out or making a copy or doing something like that, which seems a little more intrusive. And so if somebody chooses to click on that and read, then that's their choice rather than having, you know, the piece pushed in them. I, I really felt like feel like having the online availability of these really profound and beautifully written pieces makes makes it so much easier and and just low stress to share, mm-hmm. which is going back to that making literature viral idea that you really can do a lot when you're mm-hmm. when you've got that online mm-hmm. present. Um, so the idea was to see if literature could go viral. Um, and I'm trying to connect good Mormon lit with as many people as possible. Right. There's something about the yeah. 
making it accessible, making Mormon literature accessible that was part of the Yeah, and the um, one of the things that James and I had talked about pretty pretty early on in pursuing this project is we want literature that's worth, read, you know, that three minutes of reading time. Because that's about as much as you get on the internet. And so that's why we, we look for short pieces, a thousand words or fewer for short stories and essays, and then short poems that are about 30 lines or fewer. Because we want to, we want to say, look, we know your time is valuable, but there's really something here that you might appreciate. And and a lot of people have been very supportive, and um, not just sharing, but commenting and voting. The prizes go according to audience vote. So. So that's, that's been really fun because we get campaigns from our writers, you know, writing on their own blogs or connecting with other people. And the way that we have the voting system set up is that you need to read, you need to rate a number of pieces. So depending on how many entries there are, you, you know, the audience votes for their top five and and then determine we determine the winner from that. And um, with the first year, something that really surprised us was mm-hmm. with the voting um, from the audience perspective, Mary Jane's piece wasn't always number one, and it wasn't always that you know first or second place. But it was on so many ballots. Hmm. So many people had voted for for that poem because it just really connected with them that she far and away had more votes than any of the other um, pieces. And we've, we've seen some really, really close races and interesting voting patterns from people because it's easy to say, oh, my friend is in a contest and I'm going to go and vote for my friend and just put that as your your vote, mm-hmm. but when you have, you know, a handful, three to five pieces that you need to vote for, then people start bringing in their own ideas, and you get really interesting mixes from from the audience as to what appeals to them and what they're really drawn to. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the? Um, just give us a sampling of some of the some of the variety that you've seen um and kind of kind of what what yeah and kind of what people are submitting so the submissions it's of course it's not reasonable to publish all of the submissions we get we usually get um around a hundred um sometimes more but but we get a lot of interesting, you know, working with Mormon themes. I, I want to tell a very brief story. I want to give a scene or those kinds of things. A lot of a lot of people looking at trying to to bring together their sense of being 
a, a member of the LDS church and what it means to them and maybe something of their testimony with ordinary experiences. And we get a lot of those. We get a lot of devotional poetry, mm-hmm. actually. And, I mean, it's it's amazing that the number of people out there who are writing devotional poetry just kind of was kind of for themselves mm-hmm. and as a way to express their faith. And so that's been really interesting. We get the fewest number of personal essays, which is kind of a shame because I love the essay form and I think there's so much you can do with that really short form in how to, you know, express in a thousand words something meaningful from your own personal life. And we've gotten some really fun um, personal essays, some really um, profound ones and um, things even that, that span over space and time where people are, um, Catherine Leonard Soper, the first year, wrote a piece called Oil of Gladness. And she was talking about, um, you know, the consecrated oil and draws from her grandmother with giant cans of olive oil from Greece and things like that. And then, you know, we, we get to different blessings and these sorts of things. And really, you can do that in a thousand words. I think a lot of people think there's no way I can express this over time and space in so few words. But it, it worked really well. It was a, it was a really lovely piece. Mm. So, um, James and I probably do lean more for people who take chances. We like to see pieces that are less conventional, where someone is working within and maybe just outside of a specific genre and trying to balance what does it mean, you know, what is my personal perspective of faith or of some kind of conflict. And, And most of our pieces do really deal with faith because of being, um, you know, a, a contest centered around religious literature, but they don't have to be religious. Um, but, you know, a lot of people will, will experiment and try to push where these lines are that define who I am as a lot of things, as an individual, as a child of God, and... And we, and also, you know, what it means for their characters. Um, we've had two sister contests that we've done that have allowed longer pieces. And some of the interesting pieces that we got this last fall in the um, Meeting of the Myths contest, we, we found um, people really, you know, trying to experiment with how different mythologies are informing a single character's faith. And I, I think first and foremost of Kathy Cowley's Daughter of a Book, which is set in Brazil around this young woman who whose mother tells her that her father's a river dolphin. And as she gets older, 
kind of figures out my dad is not a dolphin. You know, this is not realistic. Wait, um, sorry. Can you say that again? She tells her her, her mother is, or her father her, is. Is a river dolphin, a boto. Oh, okay. You know, the, the pink river dolphins in, in Brazil. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, a so river this, dolphin, huh? Yeah, so this story really centers around, you know, this this idea that her mom's been telling her this story all of her life, uh-huh. and as as they um, as she grows older, she comes to realize that then they join um, the the Mormon Church, and and she wants to go to the temple, but her mom has to tell her, I don't actually even know who your father is. Mm. And you know, it was a different time. Things were different. I can't, I can't actually tell you. So I say, your daughter, you're a daughter of a boto. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the young woman is heartbroken, and then has this lovely kind of revelation that it's okay if she doesn't know her earthly father because she is a daughter of God, mm-hmm. the first and foremost. And and even though the piece is fundamentally very religious in, you know, bringing us to that point where she finds value in herself because she is a child of God. There's so much interesting stuff Kathy is doing, maneuvering around the theme of, you know, how the stories we grow up with and how we define ourselves. And, and I really think she... She made an interesting piece, which was one of our finalists, um, mm-hmm. by by playing around with with the the idea that we we tell ourselves stories to find meaning in our lives. And I think it was a really interesting piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat. Um, so, for those who are maybe submitting for the first time this year, what suggestions would you have? Well, I the first thing I would say is if you have a crazy idea and you think no one is ever going to publish this, <laughs> write it anyway. <laughs> because we we like the crazy ideas. We really we really like it when people take chances. And try to, to work with unfamiliar tropes and and genres. And and so so take the chance. We will be really excited to see that. Um, the other thing that I would say is is that it's you you can submit up to three pieces. And we've had I think um, the four centuries of Mormon stories contest is the only one where we had repeat um, finalists because the you know people could submit for each of the four centuries the nineteenth, um, twentieth, twenty-first, and speculative twenty-second. Mm-hmm. So we did have some some people who had written more historical fiction and others who had written you know, more speculative stuff. Um, but, but it's worth, we don't, we otherwise, we, we read them all blind without looking at the author. And so um, we've, we've published 
a lot of people who have never published before mm-hmm. and haven't really put anything out there. And so um, if people have an idea and want to write and want to put something out there, then you have a really good chance. It's not like we'll look and be like, oh, I don't know that name and dismiss it. So we really look at the pieces individually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Um, so the deadline is May 1st. You can submit up to three pieces. Yeah. And um, the word count is, it's up to a thousand words. Is that correct? Yes. And it could and, be. And if you do go over, we will help you edit it down, but we won't publish more than a thousand words. And when we talk about going over, we're talking about like a hundred words over. <laughs> we don't edit down half the story. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and it's and any genre, so poetry, personal essay, fiction, all of right. that, that sort of thing. And then, um, and then those are submitted to everydaymormonwriter at gmail dot com. Okay. Okay. All right, great. Well, I am excited to see how it goes this year. Um, I think there's some people who are, who have been working on their pieces. So, well, and and being part of the Lit Blitz community is a lot of. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of writers have connected with other writers because of the discussion board, because of being a finalist, and because of you know, just working with the, the Lit Blitz mm-hmm. and. We've, we've had a lot of fun with the Lit Blitz community and, and seeing where, you know, it can go from um, just a submission to having these really interesting discussions. And everyone's really gracious. I mean, when somebody wins, the other finalists are always complimenting and saying, oh, it was such a great piece, good job, well-deserved, and those kinds of things. Mm. We do also have a Facebook group um, under Mormon Lit Blitz that you can look look mm-hmm. for updates and, and more information there, too. Okay. And we'll be posting the finalists on at Mormon Artist on the Mormon Artist blog. So. Right. That'll be great. I'm excited. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Catherine. You take care. Thank you for listening to the Mormon Artist Podcast. For more episodes, please visit mormonartist.net.